to the School Business Leadership Podcast. Today, Ali Bigwood joins me to talk about his school business leadership journey, his tips for those thinking of joining the profession, the value of CPD in all of its forms, and what it's really like to be a school business manager. Let's dive in. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Ali Bigwood. Ali is the Strategic Business Manager at Bridge Learning Campus in Bristol, part of a four-school mat. He has been in the role nearly four years, having previously worked in a SAT as the school business manager. He's worked in education for 19 years, his first role working at an education centre in the council as a trainee accounting technician. He loves to work in challenging areas and is passionate about making a difference. He has a long list of qualifications, including SIP for Level 7, which he documented his experiences with for ISBL and is already thinking about what's next. In his spare time, Ali is an Arsenal supporter and a music fan, and today we're going to be talking about his journey from training accounting technician to school business manager, as well as the value of CPD and how we can go about encouraging others to join the profession. Welcome, Ali. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm excited about this one. You know, we've started off as a trainee accounting technician and we're at business manager. I know. It's been such a long time ago. You, you're you going to have to start at the beginning on this one. Take me through it. Yeah, okay. So my, my journey into education has been a little bit um, very interesting, meeting some brilliant people along the way, uh, working in some amazing establishments, coming around to about 19 years ago, I think it was. So I tried university back in oh, probably about 1999. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was younger. I was one of those people who had no, you know, I, I didn't see myself, I couldn't see what career I really wanted to do. You know, lots of people when they go to uni know exactly where they want to be, where they want to, where they want to go at a, you know, a youngish age. That wasn't me at all. So I'd sort of fallen into this course. It was a, an environmental science degree, actually, at uh, UWE in Bristol. I tried it for six months, didn't really enjoy it, um, didn't engage with it. So I wanted to just have a job, really, move out from my parents and earn some money. I ended up starting working for HMRC as a debt recovery officer in Bristol. Um, really enjoyed this job for a couple of years, but didn't necessarily see myself being there long term. It was a nice job, but um, yeah, it wasn't something really I wanted to continue. Back in the early 2000s, I joined um, Bristol City Council. Um, as I saw, it was a place for plenty of opportunities at the time. Um, mm. Massive organisation, loads of opportunities. So I joined there as an insurance services assistant, tried that for six months. It was the most boring uh, six months of my my career. <laughs> um, I soon found out um, there's a lot of courses um, and jobs which were being offered where you could gain qualifications mm. within the council. It was an AAT qualification, an accounting qualification. So it's a training accounting technician role where you'd have day release for three years um, and you'd learn to become an accountant um, with the AAT course. So I applied for the job, um, didn't really know where it would be based. I think they had three vacancies um, and they said it could be either central Bristol as an office, two other locations, one of which was um, an education centre in Knoll West in Bristol, which is a mm. socially deprived area. Didn't really know much about it. I just said, yes, I'll take any job if I was lucky enough to be offered it. Uh, and they came through with this uh, option in Knoll West of a training accounting technician at an education centre. Hadn't even been there, knew nothing about it, said yes, and I was starting in a week's time. Wow. So that's how I came about working for the council. And that was a, yeah, education. Never thought about really going into education. I think I probably thought about being a, becoming a PE teacher when I was younger, but never really anything else than that. 
Um, and that was my first taste of education, really. So you started off as a trainee accounting technician. So obviously you were there for a while. Did you move up? Were you like um, a local authority accountant working with schools directly? No. So um, what it was, it was, a, it was an old secondary school, in fact, which had closed down in 2000, which the community, uh, the old deputy head of the school, had decided he campaigned with a few local residents to keep, o- keep open. Uh, he was actually mm-hmm. a really influential person in my career. Uh, chap called Clive. So he'd campaigned to keep the centre open. Um, it was still in control of local authority, but it was a huge old site. So you had, um, you can imagine an old rundown school when we were running um, courses for students and children pre-16 uh, who weren't attending mainstream school. So similar to a pupil referral unit. And we also had post-16 provision with the local college. And I was the finance officer basically for this and the rest of the centre. The rest of the centre was um, uh, used to uh, hire out some of the classrooms to community organisations. Um, so you could have a, you know, you could have a community accountancy firm alongside a Bristol City Council social services department there. So there's a real oh, mixed yeah. bag of agencies and organisations. We had sports facilities there, which we, we rented out. We had a gym, a cafe, brilliant environment to work in. Um, mm. but I was mainly working for the centre um, as a finance officer for the education programme. So um, you know, that's when I would really get involved, started to understand education, not necessarily schools, but education. And, you know, I really liked it. I really thought I was playing a bit of a, you know, my part in some of the, improving some of the lives of some of the children who were being referred to us. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting place. So how did you move from there into a school business manager role? Did you literally know about the role and say, I want to do that? Or did you stumble over it by accident? Like I know many of us did. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I've been in this role. So during my time at the park, um, my role changed over time. So I got my AAT qualifications. I then became a business organiser, which was a bit more of a senior role there. Um, I then joined the management team of the park. And I was there in total for around 11 years. And towards the tail end, we were, uh, we were a local authority part of the you know, Children and Young People's Services Department. And we got taken over by a board of trustees. So we became a charity in the end. So similar, when I'm looking back, it seems very similar to a a school becoming an academy process. So being there for 11 years, I guess within seven or eight years, I I started noticing school business manager roles because I was liaising with schools quite a fair fair amount um, when the students were being placed with us. So I knew of people in schools who had a similar sort of role. And I thought, know what that actually sounds like what I really want to do um mm. didn't know the world too much looked into it a little bit and I think I ended up having a couple of interviews I got the the classic line of you came a close second um, <laughs> on a number of occasions and then was really lucky to uh, apply for a job within a at a school very close to my home uh, in fact it was about a street away from my home applied for it done a very you know days a days uh, interview with numerous tasks in and was lucky enough to be offered the job, which obviously I accepted and was, uh, yeah, really excited to be working in a school. So that role was in a SAT, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, local SAT, which had fairly recently um, become an academy um, from local authority, had a really good handover. Had an, I heard one of your previous podcasts and they talk about the importance of a handover or not. Mm-hmm. I had a good six weeks. The, the, my predecessor was retiring. She'd been at the school 25 years, started as a school secretary, had gone through all the process, was retiring. So I had a nice six weeks with her. Um, somebody who worked very, very, very differently to me. 
So I was, um, she was a lovely help and, you know, lovely, very well respected down there. So I knew I had some big shoes to fill, but very different to the way I worked. So the six weeks handover, by sort of week three and four, I was really, you know, itching to get going and put my own stamp in there and, you know, sort of modernise some of the processes and things like that. So this was in the November, December time. So over the Christmas period, I actually sort of uh, cleared the office out, rejigged a few things, and then I uh, was ready to go in the January of the following year as the standalone uh, business person for the for the school. I was going to say, because that actually, you know, that, that's a big jump, isn't it? You know, moving into a maintained school would have been one thing, but moving into a stat is another because you're not just the school business manager, are you? You are the, you know, the chief financial officer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, it, it was a really, it was really, it was an eye opener. Um, and I think one of you, once again, on a, on a previous podcast, somebody had talked about how schools operate. They are a very unique environment to work in. They really are. And, you know, mm. how they operated to me, I, I, I couldn't understand how some, you know, how the kids always turned up for assembly and, all these meetings amongst teachers would take place and you know, how the school day operated was really really strange and took time to get to grips with for me um mm. but I loved it and I've you know I've loved it ever since um but like you say there's so many strands to the business manager the finance the health and safety uh the marketing things um, you, you have to know it all really don't you to to some, yeah. to some level um so yeah picking up luckily I had some you know within each area so for example the finance area the school bought into a local organization who were there to support me as and when I needed it uh, regarding HR and personnel we used a local solicitor who was you know who's, who've helped many schools with the you know the process of becoming an academy they were there to support me with that same with health and safety so so as much as I'm I was responsible for these roles I had a really good um systems and um people in place to support me with it um, so I never felt I was that alone a- another good thing about this school was um it formed a local partnership with around nine other primary schools and a local secondary school so mm. I was introduced into this network almost immediately which was really wow. really good um, a mixed bag of other business managers who welcomed me lo- lovely bunch really welcomed me and were really helpful with me settling into the school uh, and I know lots of people talk about networks and the importance of them. And I totally agree with that. Uh, it's important to have a really good network, network around you. So, yeah, that was really helpful for me. I was going to say, especially being in a SAP, because that could have been a really lonely experience. So it was good that that was there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, you know, if I, if I, if I didn't have any of these, um, these other schools around me, it, it, I would have been scrabbling around. And it was probably, it was pre-Twitter or, you know, in the age where Twitter was just getting going. So mm. I heavily rely on Twitter and use Twitter at the moment for a source of um, networking ideas, support, help, uh, as I know many you know, people like yourself do. Um, so mm. I would have been very isolated um, and I wouldn't have fancied really going back to my predecessor who was in, enjoying her retirement um, <laughs> to support you. I'm sure she would have helped me. Yeah, so very lucky to have that network to step into. It was a lovely school and it still is a lovely school. So I've got very fond memories of working there. So how long did you stay at the SAT for? Yeah, so I was there for around four, just under four years. I really enjoyed my time there. Um, you know, enjoyed being responsible for all the aspects of the school business. Um, the school had a couple of changes of head teachers. Um, and then after following Ofsted visit, uh, we were looking at then joining um, a multi-academy trust. So we thought, you know, I was, a, I was working as a governor there as well. We were thinking about whether to create our own multi-academy trust with the schools we were in the partnership for um mm. we also approached by a couple of 
couple of other multi-academy trusts who are looking to to grow. So, you know, we made the decision to join one of the ones who pitched to us. Um, at that time, I was a uh, you know a little bit nervous, um, a little bit worried about how this would be for me in my role. Would the multi-academy trust want um, a business manager mm. in the school? I know how many of them operate very differently. I also saw it as a bit of an opportunity, though. You know, where could I fit in within the new map? Different way of working potentially. Um, so I stayed for the year when we done the transition. I had a year at the SAP whilst we were joining the map, and then I sort of decided I want to have a bit more of a different experience. I want to experience secondary schools, see how they work. Um, and an opportunity came to join an all-through school in a neighbouring area. Um, so I thought I'd apply for that and was uh, fortunate enough to get offered a job there. So was this within the same map as your SAP joined? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. It was. Uh, even though the recruitment process, um, you know, was it was a thorough process and I, I hope there was no favours given to me. Uh, certainly didn't feel like it. Yeah, it, it was within the, the same mat. So um, I, you know, left the, the previous school I was working at. I've still got a bit of a close relationship with, but um, sort of, uh, you know, keep my distance with that and, uh, yeah, enjoy the, enjoy the new school I'm at. It's great because I always say that the, there are opportunities with the mats. I know mats aren't everyone's cup of tea and that's fine, um, but that's a good example, isn't it? You know, joining the mat and then moving across and like you say, working within that same network, but yeah. still expanding your experience. Because, you know, we've gone from here, you've talked about working in the education centre to, to going to a primary school, and now an all through. Yeah, and all through, there's not many all through schools around. Um, so nursery all the way through to secondary. Um, obviously, I had the primary experience, um, having worked in the primary and nursery experience, having worked uh, at the previous school. But secondaries, once again, a, a very similar in some ways to primary schools, but also have their very different ways and the different ways they work obviously a bit bigger um more staff mm. more departments so it was, it was a good experience to have and working across all the whole of the campus is a you know, it's a privileged role and I really enjoy it it's it's a bigger task um but I've got a bigger team around me to support me as well so it's um it's all good but yeah like you say moving away from a SAT to a multi-academy was a bit of a, a transition also because you know multi-academies work in different ways some have business managers, others don't, others are very central, have central teams, um, other, others don't and keep that independence in the schools. My particular map I'm in now has gone down the route of centralising services over a, a period of years. So finance went first, HR and then IT services recently. So yeah. although that affects my role, I still very much do day to day um, business the same um, but have different teams to sort of work with. So in terms of moving from a SAT um, to a MAP what qualifications did you have at that point had you prepared for that you know because I know people talk about this transition don't they from primary to secondary and, and, yeah, and moving across uh, the phases how, how did that work for you? Yeah um, so I suppose at that time I'd, I'd obviously had my accounting qualifications um, I'd sort of done another couple of a accounting qualifications to keep myself topped up but towards the tail end of my t- of my time at the SATS uh, Parson Street which I was uh, working at um, I completed the level five diploma in school business management so that's the first right. time I'd really done one of these courses which was uh, just over a year long I really enjoyed it I found it really related it related really well to my role there was a number of modules about I think it was about eight, eight modules um, it was all online so you could do it at your leisure mm-hmm. at your own pace I'd done it actually with the 
the CFO of the new multi-academy I, I was joining in. So um, we were on different cohorts. So we only really discovered we were both doing the course at the same time halfway through. Mm -hmm. So we'd end up having some sessions together where we'd, uh, you know, we'd, we'd even go to the pub, have a breakfast um, <laughs> and, you know, work through some of your, some of our reflective activities. So I, I really enjoyed it. I know that wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed it, found it really relevant. And that was really what got me thinking about Know, what other qualifications what other skills I might need one of the main things actually about joining the school I'm at at the moment which I, I had completely underestimated was um the school being a PFI school so I don't know if you know much about that at all um I have experience yes is it a good experience or <laughs> I can't say it was to be honest the no. school was lovely but the PFI process and the management of it was a nightmare yeah I, I struggle with that uh, a lot because in my previous primary school, you know, I'm, I'm very much hands on in everything I do. Um, yeah. I get involved with everything where I can, where I've got the time to <clears throat> really enjoy that side of things. In my previous school, I had a caretaker who was very similar. He was brilliant, very green, very forward thinking. I, I, I nominated him for a caretaker of the year award, which he ended up winning. Wow. So from going to a school where this guy, we had such a great team and we could just do things as and when and crack on and, you know, make people happy with uh you know being efficient to then come into the pfi side of things where as much as the guys are lovely on the ground and you know good teams they're not your teams they're external organizations which i know also you can have in you know mainstream schools as well but the processes are you know there's a lot of people involved isn't there and the processes yes. and sometimes the costs uh you know they sit it's a very it's a very hard thing for me to deal with but i've learned over time to it not necessarily accept it because I still like I challenge things but uh work with the people and to make you know the outcomes as best we can um but yeah that Absolutely. was a massive underestimate underestimation on my behalf yeah I mean I think I just remember someone quoting me for the price of a door I said for that amount of money I want someone to stand there and open it every time someone wants to go oh, through yeah, it <laughs> I, I've regularly fallen off my chair in my office and um I my, my my partner has you know I've opened my emails on a Saturday morning to see you know authority damage they call it with a bit of a, a pen on the wall when they're trying to charge me 25 pounds for something which would take 10 seconds so I've got my yeah. own I've got my own cleaning spray in my office so <laughs> I've asked the guys on the ground if they ever spot anything to let me know first and I'll go and do it myself um it's, yeah it, I, I, it, it, yeah it's, it's it's ridiculous some of it but hey ho okay I'm not going to go down the route of PFI because I just think it would be too easy just to sit here and rant about it. So I'm gonna we're gonna go back to CPD. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go back to CPD. Yeah. So obviously we, we we've talked about your journey and we're talking, you know, the focus here is the value of CPD. And you've talked about, you know, the level five DSBM. Yeah. So you started there, that was your first official business management qualification. And I know that you've got other qualifications. So talk us through your CPD journey and, and kind of what triggered off each one. Yeah. So I think I think it goes back originally to uh, like I said earlier about not not achieving a degree at uh, university. I remember when I first joined uh, Parsons Street, this, this sat, um, I, was, I was standing around having a conversation with a number of school staff and um, they were talking about the qualifications they had and it came around to me and they were all listing their degrees they had. And I just stood there and um, said, well, I don't actually have a degree. I, I you know, I felt a little bit uh, out of place there. I, I felt like yeah. I'd been frowned upon a little bit and, um, you know, it didn't, didn't sit well with me. And I thought, you know, even though I haven't got a degree, I'm here on merit anyway, because I've got experience and I've worked my way through to be offered this job. But it just, that, you know, that sort of stuck with me. And I thought, well, I do want to challenge myself. And, I, you know, particularly since I've been in schools, I really have like developed that 
desire to get qualifications and continue my CPD. Definitely mm. something I've grown into. You know, eight, seven, eight, nine years ago, didn't think much about it. I would do it, but I didn't really realise why I was doing it or know what I wanted to do. I'd just go to courses which maybe people would send me on. Yeah. Since, you know, since five years or, or so ago, I've really been thinking about, you know, planning where I see myself, what I want to do, what will help me. Um, you know, and it all fits in with my career development and my ambitions, really. So, yeah, another another experience was I went for a job a couple of years ago. I saw it late, applied for it, got an interview. It was almost my dream job um, in a location which would have suited me. You know, it was, it was a standalone school, part of a multi-academy, but very sort of independent within that. And I missed out on the job. Once again, it was one of these, you know, you've come a close second. And I felt, you know, what, what? how have I missed out on this job? What can I do to, you know, make sure next time I put myself really in that pole position? So that was a reason why then I looked at the, the level seven, had a few conversations with people, reflected on what I needed, had a bit of a plan and went for the level seven, really. Tell me about the level seven, because people are asking me about this and I do recommend it based on other people's feedback. Did you enjoy it? Was it valuable? Who's it? suited for yeah I, I, I too have seen a recently i've seen a lot of conversations on twitter about it and um 100 recommend it i think what helped me was the fact that i'd done the dsbm fairly recently i sort of knew how to write reflective activities um if i was coming into that sort of fresh without having spoken to anybody or knew about how you know word counts and um piecing together these uh activities worked it would have been a bit more challenging but Having enjoyed the DSBN and, you know, I, I, I thought the level seven was fantastic, Re- really relevant to the role. Uh, this is a level seven in um, school leadership and finances. Spoke to a few people, spoke to my family, made sure the time was right because it is a time commitment. There's no getting away from that. Uh, and mm. the, the assessors and the, uh, the the teachers basically say to you, you do need to put the hours in. Um, there's no getting around that. And for me, it fitted. It was uh, the right time to do it. I, I knew I could find the time if I really wanted to achieve it. Like I said, looked at other, other qualifications, got the backing of my school and my map, um, who were fortunate enough we had the money in our CPD pot um, and went with it, basically. It was a really good cohort. It was um, sessions where we met in person, uh, which were interrupted by COVID. So the last two were actually done via Zoom or Teams um, or virtually, but it was a really good cohort. Uh, met some good colleagues there who I'm still in touch with, who can you know support you, and it's it does feel like a really big achievement. I, I wrote about it for Isbel actually, just my my thoughts on it. And um, at the time, you think, oh, it's not that much of an achievement, but as time goes on, you look back and you think, actually, fair play, that is a you know is a good yeah good achievement and a good um, level sort of standard to get really. Just one more question on the level seven mm. in terms of who should go on it is it completely academy focused would it suit people in local authorities i know the financial module obviously is very academy specific um, but what about the other modules no i think uh, anybody can really go for it like you say part of it is academy focused but i think that's good even if you don't work in an academy it's good to almost understand and see what how things slightly differ between the two i don't actually have the Mm. experience i mean i've worked for local authority but i've never worked in a maintained school so i know there's different processes which they have to do to what i do so if I put my if I put it on the other way, I could look at it and say, well, no, I'd actually be quite interested in learning some of the uh, ways maintained schools do things differently to academies. I know they're not necessarily as many differences as what they previously have been in the past, 
because um, I think some local authority schools now have that freedom or independence, which they might not normally have had it going back a few years. But no, I'd recommend it to, we had a mixed bag in our cohort. We had finance directors, we had business managers, we had members of central finance teams, people who were working their way up through the, you know, office managers, I believe. Um, yeah, real mixed bag. We were the Bristol cohort, so they were coming um, from Wales, Portsmouth, I believe, Cornwall. Yeah, just a really, really good cohort. And, and like I said, thoroughly recommend it. It's a year's commitment. But I tell you what, a year would absolutely fly by before you know it. It's just done. <laughs> I really wanted to kind of dig into that because, like I say, I know a lot of people are talking about level seven, and it's just helpful for people to hear about whether it would be right for them. So thank you for that. And I tell you what, if I can do it, and this is being really genuine, if I can do it, honestly believe if you put the time in, anybody can do it. Um, I'm not an academic. I'm not a you know anything like that. But I, I, I purely believe people can do it if they really want to do it. In terms of CPD, we've talked a lot about qualifications. Is there any other types of CPD that you recommend that's helped you on your journey? Yeah, I, I, you know, I enjoy CPD at the moment. I enjoy it. It comes in so many different forms these days, doesn't it? It's not like you just go out to a course these days. Um, you, you can do short courses. You can do online courses. You can get out and about and meet people. But you can do webinars. You can do uh, online events. You know, now there's uh, on Twitter, I see a lot of, um, I, have, I, I think I've attended one, but you do tea breaks. There's many different things and many different ways of gaining CPD. You can you can spend time with colleagues when you're networking, social media. It's all CPD. Um, you know, it all helps. Um, I think as Shirley said in her podcast, with the lockdown, for me, it was a brilliant time to tap into CPD. Um, there's loads of free opportunities online, um, and I was almost setting myself um, a bit of you know, something to do each month just to keep things ticking along. Looking back and reflecting where I, where I, where I've got my gaps. I was, you know, if you're looking to do a job application, and you, they always ask for your, your short courses, and it's if you could demonstrate, you know, continuously looking and seeing where you might want to upskill, that's really good. And and over lockdown, it got me thinking that you know this is good for me, but you know, I, I really encourage my staff to have a look at what they can do because mm. although lockdown was it was to me it was a roller coaster it was up and down with being one one week was the most busy I'd ever been to the next week where it was a little bit calmer so you could find the time to do these things and like I said I was encouraging my staff to find the time you, you might not ever get this opportunity again when you get back into the day-to-day -day school life where time's really hard to find you might not find the time to do these uh CPD opportunities so um yeah I, I was really pushing it with my staff and trying to find something for them to do and also you know, see if they can find some themselves and stuff. So, uh, but having it in my diary even now going forward, I, I look forward to it. It's knowing mm. I've got these things to, you know, to take part in or, or to, you know, to chat about and, and to pick up ideas. So, yeah. Which leads me on nicely to the question: What is in your diary? What is next for your CPD journey? Um, so, one thing I'm looking at is um, the Isbell Fellowship. I, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. I'm having a look into that. They've always been an organisation who's supported me quite well. I remember um, chatting, I think it was to Paul, um, at one of the events, one of the, the local events, uh, local conferences about qualifications and how they can help me. And he was very helpful. So I'm, I'm looking at maybe applying for that. That's a good way of reflecting on where you're at, I think, uh, for me personally. I'm potentially, you know, I've got, I've got I'm putting family first in the moment. I've got two young children, so I know... You know, family to me at the moment is my main focus. So 
if I'm looking at doing a, a longer course and I've got to be realistic about it and think, can I actually do that? The level seven fitted perfectly yeah. for me when I had one young child and it just it just worked. Uh, lockdown really helped mm. with it as well because um, you couldn't do anything. So I just got the laptop out. Yeah. You know, I am looking at, you know, potentially some longer courses, maybe in some of the other areas of school business management. Um, I'm looking so specialisms. To, yeah, specialism. Yeah, I've, I've got I, I love the marketing side of it. I love the social media side of this, you know, promoting schools, something I'm really passionate about and, you know, really enjoy. So I'm looking, you know, are there courses out there which can bring my skills up, bring my knowledge up, you know, and if this in the long term, it might not even be for in a school, it might be elsewhere, who knows? But um, yeah, mm. having to think about uh, what can benefit me and what can ben- benefit the school I'm in at the moment or the next step in my career, whenever that may be. Just in terms of the ISBO fellowship, I know some people will be familiar with it, but mm-hmm. maybe aspiring business managers won't be. So can you just give us a brief outline of what that is, what it involves and how you apply for it? Yeah, so um, from what I understand of it, and I've done a bit of research on it, it's an um, application form you do where you um, you list your CPD, you list your qualifications, you list your experience, and you can apply to become a fellow of the Institute of School Business Leadership. As I said earlier, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but for me, no, it's a bit of it's a bit of recon, recognition within your community within the area you work in. You know, mm-hmm. I've found since I've got my qualifications, and I you know I, I don't go out necessarily broadcasting them to my colleagues. In fact, I don't really do that at all. Um, I'm quite private with that. But when I have mentioned it to people, I have found that with them, it sort of um, it gives them more confidence in me. It 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 makes them feel like they've got a, a competent business manager who knows what they're doing. I'm sure they think that anyway. I'd like to think they think that anyway. Um, <laughs> but it's it's helped it's helped raise my um, profile with them a little bit. So I I see right. this as something else which I can you know say to them. You know I've got this which is uh, not many other people have, um, which can make them you know have confidence in me and also sit well with me. Like I say, I know it's not you know for everybody. I know the the organisation isn't for everybody. There's other organisations out there who support us, the community of business managers as well. Um, so purely down to individual choice on that one. In terms of CPD, you know, and I think your journey really demonstrates this, you know, the way that you can move through different roles that, like, you know, we've covered where you started, where you are now and what you're looking to do next. So hopefully anyone who is an aspiring business manager listening to this is thinking, wow, you know, there is progression. There are opportunities, you know, whether it's local authority or in MATS or SATS or whatever. So how do you feel about the profession and encouraging other people to join because I know you're very passionate about it yeah I am um, when you say that that is my journey and I know I know there are so many different journeys into the school business management school business uh, leadership profession my journey is very personal to me I, when I'm looking at my courses it's you know I'm doing them because I want to do them I know not everybody feels like that but yeah there's the, the community is definitely becoming more vocal um, mm-hmm. you know our, our role particularly in the last year with what happened with COVID being massively in the spotlight, I think, which is great. It's fantastic. And it's really showed other school members and other you know people within the school what an important and vital role ours is. Um, school, school leaders are recognising it more. I think I, I found the whole COVID situation, you know, I, I loved the accountability, the responsibility of it. Obviously, the head teacher has the final say on things, but, you know, you're learning as you're going along, but they were... It was, it was a really good opportunity to you know stand up and show the rest of the school what you can do I thought for, for me personally my head teacher was brilliant with it he, he, he'd done some local media uh, and at one stage he talked about how the school business managers across the country have really stepped up and I thought that was brilliant for him to mention that mm. certainly didn't ask him to say that but 
you know, if, if he's talking about that unprompted, it's just really good to hear in my eyes. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really good. Um, yeah. So, you know, we're sharing stories more. There's a lot of activity on social media for the school business manager role. People still don't know what it is when you're talking to them. A lot of people, because mm. it's a very unique individual roles within schools, isn't it? Yes. But ultimately, schools are like businesses. I think they need somebody like us in the role to keep things ticking over and deal with the vast amount of things that we do. So if someone's listening and they're thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to become a business manager, but I'm still not sure, why should someone be a school business manager? For me, it's, it's such a rewarding job. As I said earlier, I think, you know, I've often thought in the past, do I want to be a teacher? Do I, I want to work in schools? I like no. education. No. <laughs> I don't know, was it? Yeah, no, don't be a teacher. No, no, definitely not. No, no. Uh, and then, like I said, then I, and then I suddenly think, no, would I really have liked it? Do I really want to? No, I like the engagement with children and I like working in school. Yeah. But, you know, to me, I love administration. Um, I like organising. I like uh, problem solving. You know, I like making people happy. I, might, I like, uh, you know, not only the staff, but I like having an impact in whatever way everything I do has an impact on the children and the, and the, and the community and the families. I work in Um, so for me the the business manager role is an ideal mix of administration and all all the things I've just listed there and helping people and working in the school environment because I strongly believe that in in the role of the business manager we play a huge role and can have a massive impact on young people uh, young people's lives and their experiences I really do I agree I just I want to say as well though I actually before I became a business manager before I even knew that that job existed I had thought of becoming a teacher and I just thought no so kudos kudos to all the teachers out there that do it I literally can't do it so every time someone used to say well what do you do it yeah. was anything that doesn't involve teaching 30 children and I'm there you yeah, know? Yeah. So, so where did you see yourself secondary or primary I saw myself in secondary I think um okay. I, I kind of thought about becoming an English teacher because I really enjoyed English at school and I thought well, that that seems like a, a good way and yeah. I thought no I did a degree but I ended up thinking I, I need to earn some money what am I going to do yeah. I started out as a PA Ended up working as a PA in a school okay. and then moved up through through in that school to the business manager role and I haven't looked back since. So yeah, very much yeah. ended up by accident yeah. in the role, as I know many people did. Teachers have, you know, amazing jobs. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, same, same. Like you talk about your journey there. I mean, I work with um, a, a team of administrators, PAs, um, and I'm always I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, you know, would they like to aspire to be a business manager? They might say no and it might not be their thing, but you know, I, I love sharing my role with them. Um, so when I'm doing yes. activities, I talk about what I'm doing and I, I say to them, do you ever want to know how any of this works um, or you want to follow a process through? Come and sit with me and we'll, we'll run through it. And, that, and that's even if they, you know, they, even if they don't want to become an aspirant, if they're not an aspiring business manager, it's nice to share mm. your role with them to, you know, so they can see what you're doing and they, they like it. I think my staff here certainly do. So, you know, I enjoy doing that. Another part of my role is what, I, you know, it's fun, isn't it? Working in schools are a fun environment or they should be. You know, I, I enjoy going into classes. When I've got time, I, I like going into classrooms, helping out with the children where I can. Um, so recently I was in a, with one of our lower ability groups and um, their, their teacher emailed me and saying, can you run through some health and safety fire evacuations with them? So they'd written it all out. Um, I, in, I ended up going to class interviewing them. We've done a couple of evacuations. And it's just really good, you know, getting involved with them. They know who you are then. Um, you can see them around. Mm-hmm. You can have conversations with them. Um, I tend to run the football clubs where the schools I've been into. I enjoy taking them off to take part in tournaments. You know, when I see the children around the school afterwards, uh, they're buzzing. Oh, hello, Mr. Bigwood. Uh, you know, thanks for taking us to the football last night. And we might end up writing some football football reports or whatever. But, um, you know, so as well as mm-hmm. your, your, 
your day job fully immerse yourself in school life because it's fun it really is so yeah no absolutely my favorite time of year in schools primary and secondary was christmas i love christmas yeah it's a great month isn't it uh, it's the great especially in a primary school but um even in secondary schools as well yeah. but yeah anything like that i remember i get involved in um they were doing a reading scheme for some of these students who were, you know, having difficulty learning to read. Yeah. Um, so I think um, myself and a number of the support staff volunteered and we each had our own students that we used to work with. And that was really, yeah, like I, you say, it's so important just to get in, involved in the school life, I think. Yeah, exactly. I tried to know as many kids' names as possible. Yeah, if they're ever looking for volunteers, I, you know, I'll try and get myself involved where I've got the time. And I, I say that message to my staff as well. I said, get involved. If you've got the time, you know your workload. Don't overdo things and mm. don't forget your, your day job. But by all means, get involved in things. Um, so I, you know, I genuinely look forward to every, virtually every day I come to school. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's tough. But very rarely do I have days where I don't want to go in. I often think to myself um, how lucky I am. And you know, I often say, mm. imagine if I was a insert a really dull job. I don't want to say a dull job in case it offends somebody. <laughs> uh, how lucky it is that I am to be in my role. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully, my passion comes across and my enjoyment. But yeah, it's uh, it's every every day's different, isn't it? As we all know, so there's a lot of talk on social media as well. We are very vocal, like you say, as a community, and we do have our bad days. Yeah, you know. So, what would you say are maybe some of the the downsides of the profession, but in a positive way, if that makes sense? I want to give people the full picture. Yeah, there's no getting away, you know. And as I'm sure in any, any job, there's downsides, isn't there? You know, mm -hmm. As positive as you can be, we all we all get frustrated, we all get tired, we all want the day to end, we all. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I never feel like that because I certainly do feel like that at times. Days can be long. I used to work. I used to work a lot longer hours than I do at the moment. Work-life balance wasn't the best for me. Um, but since having mm. children and a family, I've started to think, actually, you know, that's my priority. Um, you can only work what you need to work. And yes. people will accept that you work with. They'll know you can only work a certain amount. And if they want more than you, than you can actually give, then... They're, they're living in dream world a little bit they need to get with reality and luckily i've worked with staff who you know know you can only give a certain amount of uh, time and effort and all that sort of stuff um yeah so i've changed my stance on the way i work in adjustment it's been pretty hard to do i'm not going to lie because like, i you know i enjoy work so i, I enjoyed working longer hours um but you you know you have to call it a day at appropriate times you know even if it's just mm -hmm. setting a reminder on your day uh, on your on your phone and, and leave it at that appropriate time so time management is something i've really looked at as my own sort of personal development delegation yeah. empowerment that's helped me along yeah. my way empowering my team it's not just passing jobs on them because you don't really want them to do them but um you know it's, it's working with them um there's busy times throughout the year um as people in school business around you know when you've got a, a busy times within months as well you know you get distractions you're always the go-to person i find no matter what it is you've just got to adjust and learn to say no and things like mm -hmm. that and work with people people will respect you anyway yeah I think it, setting boundaries is really important like you said there's only so many hours in the day there's only so much that can be done we have to be realistic and, and if people you're working with don't get that then maybe you're not working with the right people yeah but like I say luckily the people I work with know you can only do certain things in a certain amount of time and you know if you're doing them well into a good standard that's all good isn't it and stuff so so before we finish, have you got any advice for anyone listening who is thinking about becoming a school business manager? You know, where should they start? What should they do first? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see more people get involved in the, prof the profession. It's totally possible. It's doable for anybody. Many, as we said, many, many different routes into, into the profession. From You can start from anywhere, really. 
so yeah, a few things I would probably say is you know, look at job adverts, look on websites, look what schools are looking for. The business manager role, I I think, and from what I understand, is very different in very different places. Schools want different things. Um, some schools want specialists. Some schools want um, people who can do everything. Some schools might want yeah, um, somebody who's been a business manager before. Somebody want somebody. Some schools might want um, new people from the from outside industries. Find a school that you think you might be a good match in. Mm. If you're applying, I would recommend visiting schools to get a feeling, to get, you know, meet a few staff, see if it sounds or fits right. It looks like it'll fit right for you. I've made the mistake of going for an interview, being offered the job, and then throughout the day realizing it wasn't a good fit for me mm. and having to say no to the head teacher. Felt a bit guilty to the head teacher on that occasion. Mm. Um it's obviously right for me, I think, personally, but um, not not taking the role. But I felt like I let the school down a little bit. I was going for mm. um, have a bit of a plan, make a time frame of um, how long you want to get yourself a, a, a job. Maybe a two year plan. Maybe think about what experiences and qualifications you you might need. Identifying any gaps. Volunteer in schools. Shadow people. Speak to people. Network. Mm. You can do that in person or on social media. As I've said, Twitter's a great place. Mm-hmm. Find a mentor. Yeah. Um, and speak to associations. Um, like I say, Isbal, Askell, there's other others out there. Yeah, there's many, many things to do. One thing I would say, except uh, with not there there's gonna accept that there'll be knockbacks and, and occasions where you know you, you don't get the job you want, which seemed like an ideal job, but there's always other jobs around the corner. Always other opportunities so um that's part of it i think you you know and something i've certainly experienced but i can see that this made me you know a better person as far as i'm concerned i agree I've, i was just about to say that sometimes i say your your career path is defined as you know as much by the jobs you didn't do as the jobs that you did do yeah. <laughs> so yeah absolutely 100 agree with that yeah it, it could be very different if, if i've got my dream job the one i applied for two three years ago I wouldn't you know who knows where you know I wouldn't have done half the things I would have done you just don't know no um and I wouldn't change my career path for for anything at the moment I I love it at the moment yeah I always say that career planning is a bit like a sat nav you know set a destination but don't be afraid to take some detours and try out different things and Mm. you'll end up where you end up (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah Thank you so much for joining us today, Ali, for your journey from training accounting technician to school business manager and sharing your inspirational CPD story as well. Thank you, Laura. Like Ali said, there's no right or wrong route when it comes to school business leadership. Your journey is yours. So take advantage of every opportunity. Select your CPD carefully. Reach out for support and advice and keep going. You will get there. If you have any questions for either myself or Ali after listening to this episode, you can find him on Twitter at Bigwood Ali SBM and me at Laura LJ Business. Also, make sure you check out the show notes on my website at www.ljbusinessofeducation.co.uk for more useful links and resources. Remember, this show is available in all of the podcast directories. Just make sure you hit the subscribe button in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. And if you're listening to this podcast on an Apple device and you like what you've heard, it would be great if you could rate and review the show as it makes it easier for others to find it. You can rate and review the show by clicking on the show in the Apple Podcast app, scrolling to the bottom and either tapping the stars to rate and or selecting write a review. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.